welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about Season 2, Episode 12, Bad Eggs. So I have just one short announcement for this week. Um, Provided everything works out timing-wise, as you never know when crossing time zones, (laughs) Jackie will be joining us for the next two episodes. Yay! Yes! Yes! We get to discuss bad life choices. We do. Yeah, I, I just had her actually stay with me last weekend. It was our high school reunion, which those of you who follow my personal Insta um, can see pictures of. And I already miss her like so, so much. So I'm <laughs> very excited to have an excuse to talk to her again. Yeah, and Mary was freaking out because she had editing to do and she had all the stuff to do around the house. And then she Ugh. was like, I'm like, no, just, just chill out. Spend time with Jackie. I'm still freaking out because I've got like, I know an errand list and a packing list and a shot like, like it's yeah a million things to do before uh because we're all we're all going away next weekend yeah so. as of as of recording this next weekend our group of people are going to the mountains where Mary's mom thinks we're gonna be eaten by bears yes my mom is like convinced we're gonna be eaten by bears so yeah I I have the list of shit to do this week is just as long as the list last week um because you know packing and shopping and all the things we need to go to the woods so yes but it'll be super fun at the end of it and that's all yes. that matters we'll be once 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 it's we're at the house and settled in, we're going to have a good time. It's it's the first time we're all I mean, we we've got to see each other during covid a little bit here and there. But this is the first weekend that we're actually spending all together in probably almost two years. So, it's, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's very yeah. exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah. I, am, I mean, I'm we, super excited. We people we rarely go we rarely go without seeing each other like at least once a month, a lot of times like we'll yeah. we'll be somewhere at somebody's house or we haven't been to New York in almost two years. Yeah, this is this has been a very it, it's, it's been, been a very I mean, for everyone, it's been a very yeah. weird two years. And these these this little pieces of starting to get back to normal are, are very exciting. Yeah. So yes, we're going to have a very nice spooky weekend in the woods. So I'm very excited. I'm just dealing with a lot of shit in preparation of that. Yes. Let's go. Bad Eggs. It aired January 12th, 1998. Still a Monday, but I will, spoiler alert, we're getting very, very close to the the changeover. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit's going to go down. This is like the last, this is the last like filler episode. This is the last filler up, and it's not even really a filler. We're going to talk about, I have have a lot of thoughts on this episode. Um, (laughs) But first, our synopsis is Buffy and Angel hunt cowboy vampires <laughs> while the gang gets scrambled by a health class experiment gone afoul. And I see what they did there and I'm just... <laughs> oh, no! I appreciate that. You I know. know you do. <laughs> and I just said this offline, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to be very honest. This has always been one of my least favorite episodes. And it's one of the few that I rarely choose to rewatch voluntarily. So watching it again for this was really interesting. And what else was interesting is that looking at it from this like critical, we're going to talk about it kind of angle. While so many Buffy episodes are plays on horror film tropes, this episode is much more rooted in the realm of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like, this is this is aliens type shit. Yeah, and we'll talk about that at the end. We'll talk about um, the little throwbacks to some science fiction movies such as Aliens that mm-hmm. are in there. But yeah, it was just, it was... This is one of the few episodes that are very clearly like more science fiction than horror. Yeah, yeah. I like, I do like what they do with this episode. Again, it's not one that I watch voluntarily either, but yeah, it's, it does have some interesting tropes that they pull out. Anyway, what are our international titles, Froggy? All right. So this week, our international titles just has okay there we go all right so skipping over ones that translate to bad eggs we have finish is in the grip of evil Hmm. french is surprise eggs uh japanese is creepy eggs oh (laughs) that's a good one polish here's the polish but the eggs (laughs) all right poland with an exclamation point 
Polish, so I'm just sitting here going, "Okay, Poland." I, that one, that one's actually my favorite. That that's I the do, one. I do like that because it is so like again, what are you doing? Um, Portuguese is in from Brazil is evil eggs. Romanian is a lesson. Okay, and <laughs> Spanish from Latin America is the experiment, which is I love el experimento, and then Spanish from Spain is surprise egg. Okay. Yeah, no, I do like but the eggs. Huevo sorpresa, surprise egg. Like that just sounds like something that you would make in the morning for breakfast. I was going to say, that sounds like something I would order. I know, I know. But yes, I, as soon as I read, but the eggs. Was, I do like that one. Yeah, that's that's the one that I said. I I think that's our, our title this week. So we have no previously on, but we do get our Slayer spiel before heading to the Sunnydale Mall, which is actually the Sherman Oaks Galleria, where we see a cowboy looking dude in his date walk down the corridor. (laughs) The camera then zooms up to Buffy and her mom, who are doing a bit of shopping. Buffy apparently wanting to buy an outfit that Joyce says makes her look like a streetwalker. Oh, Joyce. Oh, Joyce. Yes, but a thin (laughs) streetwalker. Which is probably not the best argument to give. No. Joyce says she's too young to wear an outfit like that. And Buffy laments that she'll be too young for it right until she's too old for it. Joyce confirms that is the plan. Yep. Looking around, Joyce notices the stores are beginning to close. And so decides on a divide and conquer strategy. She will go to the printers and then grab their food while Buffy goes to the tailors and picks up her outfit from Everyday Woman. Everyday Woman, Buffy makes the face of disgust. Why didn't she just go to Moo Moo's R Us? <laughs> Joyce tells her to do now, mock her mother later. (laughs) So I will admit there is a reference in the script that I did not get. Okay. So this script is written by Marty Noxon. Mm -hmm. And Marty writes in the directions that Buffy walks towards everyday woman, a totally L7 clothing store. I have no idea what L7 is supposed to mean. And Every attempt at Googling led to a rock band. So we know that's not it. So I don't know if this was specifically a Southern California slang. I don't know if maybe it's not slang at all and it's like a a production thing, but that doesn't make sense because it definitely means she's describing the store. So I don't know. I'll have to ask Panda later and see if she knows what it is. That's, yeah, I don't know. That's very strange. I've never... Yeah. Although I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting like a store called Lane 7, which is... I mean, maybe she's abbreviating for that. I don't know. But I was just like, I don't understand what you're saying, Marty. That's another thing that I'll ask Marty when I break into her house. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad we have a list. (laughs) Yes. Let's just keep a running tab of what I'm going to ask her when I show up at her kitchen island one morning. Heading down the escalator, she casually glances at the people around her, which is how she realizes that while Cowboy Dude's date has a reflection in the mirror beside the escalator, Cowboy Dude does not. Turning around, Buffy runs back up the escalator and follows them down a dark inside hallway to the back entrance of the arcade. Stepping inside, she follows the sound of the pinball machine to where Cowboy Dude is watching his date play, telling her to turn around as he has something for her. She says she's close to beating her top score, and I guess he decides he can live with her not looking at him, as he leans in all girl face to take a bite all while telling her she has the prettiest neck he's ever seen because apparently his vampire mama raised him to be polite to the women he kills i mean hey he's he's a cowboy he's polite he is a cowboy that's when buffy interrupts saying they always use the same old lines (laughs) the other girl seems annoyed at first saying they were talking but once buffy pretends to be the jilted girlfriend saying he promised never to cheat on her again she changes her tune and starts to take off screaming when she sees cowboy dude's true face. That leaves him and Buffy alone. They fight, breaking a few machines along the way, and Cowboy Dude formally introduces himself as Lyle Gorch, before saying she must be the slayer he's been hearing so much about. He finds a tactical moment to tap out, telling Buffy that this isn't over, before leaving. Oh, sure. They always say they'll call. That's such a a cowboy name. Lyle? Lyle Gorch. Yeah, I know. We're going to talk about where it comes from in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crisis averted, for the moment at least. Buffy heads to the food court to find her mother, who has gotten them Chinese food, it looks like. I was actually watching the scene right before Panda came home from work, and and so I made her order as Panda Express. When she got home because I wanted lo mein after seeing Buffy's. Yeah, yeah. Buffy sits down and Joyce asks about her dress. Oh, uh, well, no, no. Let Joyce guess. Buffy got distracted by a boy. Sort of. Mm -hmm. She can go get it right now. They're closed now. 
Joyce will just have to fit it in tomorrow. You know, a little responsibility wouldn't hurt. Does she ever think about anything other than boys? Saving the world from vampires? (laughs) There's a beat and then Joyce just shakes her head. Sometimes she doesn't know what goes on inside Buffy's brain. Bam! Credits. So I have to, like, I want to talk about the beginning of this episode with the mall. Okay. The timing of what is going on in these scenes is very odd to me. Like, they're eating dinner really late. Like, everything is closing and Joyce is getting them dinner. So it's actually not that odd. Okay. Um, The way Panda has explained it to me... Okay. Was that for a long time in Southern California, stuff closed rather early, like seven o'clock. Okay. Okay. Like it was open later on the weekends, but on Mm -hmm. weeknights because people, I guess, had work and school and stuff. Like she said, everything around Rancho, except for like the TGI Fridays was like closed by seven. Okay. That makes sense then that it is. I don't know if this was the same kind of deal or... They just had to make it be late because a vampire was out. Yeah, no, that but. makes that that does make that does make sense that if that was a thing in Southern California, at least in the smaller towns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, all right. Well, I'm glad I mentioned that because there is an explanation for it. <laughs> yes, I just I do remember like her talking about that one of the first times I went back with her to her home and her being like, well, "Things are actually open now." <laughs> I like that we have Panda as our Southern California expert. We do. Well, we have her and we have Jackie and her family, yeah. but Panda lived there in the exactly. 90s. Yeah, so. yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, Jackie's, Jackie's family lives out there, but Panda lived the Buffy life. <laughs> she lived the Buffy life. Yes. We returned from the credits to Xander and Cordy making out <laughs> in one of the many janitor closets Sunnydale High seems to have. Cordy mentions she's concerned they might miss class and Xander, after turning on the light, tells her that this whole thing works better for him when she doesn't talk. <laughs> yeah, well, it works better for her with the lights off. Why? Because she can't look at him? No, not can't. Just doesn't want to. Oh, Cordy, oh. he's so cute. Oh, great. That's just great. Perfect even. They're repulsed by each other. Have to hide from their friends. Maybe it's time they just end it. Great. Fantastic. Only they both reach for the door at the same time, and that, well, leads to more making out. He and Cordy slinking down to the floor as he reaches up to turn the light back off. I'm always so jealous of how much making out in janitor's closets apparently happen in teen television right is there some sort of schedule that these kids have to have i think there's a sign-up sheet like i really because i really want a scene somewhere where two characters are making out in the janitor closet and then two others pop in open the door and be like oh oh sorry sorry it wasn't our designated time oh my god that would be fantastic (laughs) (laughs) they just never have like any like everybody is making out in the janitor's closet but nobody's walking in except, you know, you, ha- you always have parents or people at inopportune times walking in. But you never have another couple walking in to use the janitor's closet. No. Maybe, that, maybe that's why people go make out in the creepy boiler room. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Then we're in health class where a teacher is writing sex on the board. <laughs> the one thing bound to get every teenager's attention. And while he's not taking the mean girls approach of telling them that if they have sex, they will die, (laughs) he is talking about the unexpected consequences of teenage sexual encounters. A very interesting topic, given the two episodes that followed this one. I, you know what, it it really just hit me about how appropriate this episode is coming. That's why I was like, it's not even actually a filler episode. Yeah, no, it It is. It seems like a filler episode, but it sets up what comes next. Yeah. His question about consequences leads Xander and Cordelia into a little snark off (laughs) after Cordelia admits to having sex in a car and it rolling down a hill. (laughs) Of that, my friend accidentally hit the parking (laughs) brake. Like, no. Oh my gosh. Before Willow interrupts with pregnancy? Yes, good. That was the answer he was looking for. Unwanted pregnancy, which leads right into the obligatory health assignment that every teenage drama in the 90s did an episode on. Yep. Fake babies. Yes. I And I, I love anyone, how different. Did anyone ever actually do this assignment, though? We didn't. No. No, we we didn't. I don't think we... I blocked a lot of my high school years out, so I can't even remember. Like, every teenage show in the 90s had an episode on this assignment, and I don't know anyone who actually did this assignment. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't think so. Because you have like in a lot of the teen dramas, you have the fake babies that cry. So you have the fake babies that cry. So they're either like robotic or they're yeah. eggs like here, yeah. or sometimes they're bags of sugar. Yeah, the bags of sugar or bags of flour. I've seen. Yes. But they're, they're always there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I remember something like I remember another show or something recently that I watched where they had to do bags of flour and somebody just broke their bag of flour right away. <laughs> <laughs> he tells the class to pair up and while it's clear willow was hoping to pair with xander xander goes to try to pair up with cordelia who quickly asks the guy next to her to stave that off xander then tries a random girl but she laughs at his attempt at a pickup line i know we just met but is that xander jr you're holding there oh. so i'm gonna say that was a no-go only according to the script it was a go mm. as it describes what she did as a giggle oh that's cute yeah and apparently we were also supposed to see dave whoever dave is i wonder if it's dave from the moloch episode but because they don't like you they just mentioned dave oh yeah go towards willow who's like the last unpaired person in the class which actually answers my question because in the next scene i was like well one who are willow and xander paired up with yeah and two why didn't one of them just volunteer to be buffy's partner exactly yeah but i guess maybe like because this guy was cornering her in class and I guess because they were both in class, she had to pair with him. Yeah, yeah. After class, Willow and Xander head to the library where they find Buffy looking through the card catalog. They ask why she wasn't in class and she replies, vampires. She then asks if their teacher noticed she was late. Late? They believe the word she's looking for is absent. And yes, he noticed. (laughs) Which is why Willow has been asked to deliver her egg baby to her. (laughs) Her what now? You know, it's the whole sex leads to responsibility thing. She has to take care of the egg baby, protect it, teach it Christian values. That's when Willow says her egg is Jewish. Okay, then teach it the dreidel song. I, I love the dreidel song. I know, I know. This is actually the first mention we get of Willow being Jewish. Yeah, yeah. So yay! You always assume that she's Jewish. Like, I assumed from the beginning. I Because, like, isn't her dad's name Ira? But we don't find that out. Oh, that's later. Yeah, yeah. I, we may find oh, that out oh, within oh, the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm, yeah, no, I'm getting, yeah, because she's hanging a cross up. Ira Rosenberg's only daughter hanging crucifixes in her room. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. So yeah. we haven't found that out yet. Yeah. Yeah, her parents are Sheila and Ira. Yeah, no, it, it all kind of runs together. <laughs> Buffy says, oh no, she can't take care of an egg. She can't take care of things, period. She killed her gigapet. As in she sat on it and broke it. <laughs> Leaving the egg atop the card catalog, she goes to check on something else. Do we do we need to explain what a gigapet is? I mean, um, everyone knows about electronic pets, right? Um, I you you might want to for our small children in the audience. So electronic pets are still a thing. Now they're basically console games, but we had like in the 90s and this episode aired right in the middle of that whole craze. Because I remember buying Jackie a Tamagotchi for her birthday sophomore year. Yeah. Because we were all obsessed with that. Yeah, I had a Tamagotchi. And Tamagotchis have actually come back. So yeah, I think a lot of people do know what like the little electronic pets are. But yeah, no, this episode aired like right in the middle of that craze when they first came to America. And Gigapet was the big like competitor to Tamagotchi. Everybody wanted a Tamagotchi, but if you couldn't get a Tamagotchi, you settled for a Gigapet. And they were all basically the same thing. They were all basically the same thing. Xander says the only thing tripping him up is when do they tell them they're adopted? (laughs) Buffy plans to leave that to her partner. Partner? Oh no, who did she get? Well, there wasn't an even number of people in the class and she didn't show. So what? She's a single mother? Oh, <laughs> as in her alone raising an offspring. So she's doomed to become her own mom. Oh, Great. Buffy. There's a line in the original script where Willow says something about at least she isn't paled with Gordon, the pig boy. And that's just too close to Gordo. And, mm. and now my heart hurts. Gordo. Xander says she they shouldn't read too much into this, that it's better to take the approach that all this means nothing. Coming out of the bookcage, Giles says he found something. That Buffy's new friend from the night before seems to be someone of repute. Lyle Gorch. He and his brother Tector hail from Texas and are best known for slaughtering an entire town in Mexico in the 1800s before they were vampires. Oh, gotta love, Gotta love someone who was a piece of shit even before they became a vampire angel 
I mean, what? Yeah, well, Angel was a different kind of piece of shit. The good news is, though I don't know how anything that comes after that is good news, <laughs> is that the Gorches are, well, not the brightest of vampires. And are probably only in town thanks to the draw of the Hellmouth. Oh, well, in that case, Xander votes Buffy slays them. All in favor? Willow says aye as Giles tells them to back up just the tiniest bit. <laughs> just because the Gorches aren't exactly road scholars doesn't mean Buffy should underestimate them. And why do they all have eggs? <laughs> I love how long it takes him to realize (laughs) that they have eggs. Not bothering to answer, Willow goes on to say that maybe Buffy can ask Angel to help her find the Gorches. Yes, Giles agrees. A bit of backup could be good. Right, because Xander sees a whole lot of hunting going on in that scenario. Uh, Xander! Buffy is appalled. He's acting like she and Angel are nothing more than slaves to passion. Damn, there's a lot of foreshadowing going on in this episode. God damn. Yeah. Like when I watched when I watched this episode on my rewatch, it didn't click. But now that we are talking about it, it's just all falling into place. They're not. They're better than that. The names Lyle and Tector Gorch are actually a reference to two characters from the 1969 film The Wild Bunch, an epic revisionist western about an aging outlaw gang on the Mexico-U.S. border trying to adapt to the changing times. So yes, they are very cowboy names. Oh god, yeah. (laughs) They are. are, Cue Buffy and Angel making out in the graveyard. Of course. Why are they even in the graveyard? Okay. I get hanging out in the graveyard when you're waiting for someone to rise. But we've seen from the opening of this episode Mm -hmm. that Lyle likes to hunt elsewhere. Yes. So why are they just hanging out in the graveyard? I know the answer is most likely atmosphere and budget because the graveyard exists on their set. Yes. But still. I was going to say atmosphere. That was going to be my answer to you. Buffy starts to pull away once or twice, mentioning how what they're doing is not hunting. But each time she goes back to kissing him. Eventually, she does manage to pull away, as does he, as they say they need to go do at least some hunting. (laughs) They basically scan their immediate area before going back to making out, saying that was enough hunting. Buffy, no, you're being very bad at your job right now. (laughs) Yes. Especially as the Gorches are sitting on a wall, not 20 feet from her and Angel. Ugh. From their perch, they watch Tector asking Lyle if that's the Slayer. Yep. And that's Angelus with her. Yep. Then why isn't she staking him? Lyle doesn't know. Why is Tector asking him so many dumb questions? <laughs> I, I really do love these two. I do love. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love. I love these two. You know, we get so many boring vampires who are just obnoxious and you can't wait till they're staked. But I and- do enjoy the heck out of these two. And just a random, random note that I found when I was looking up stuff. Lyle is one of the few vampires, aside from Angel and Spike, that survived the entire series. Yes. Yeah. Because I know Tector. Tector dies in this Tector episode. Tector dies in this episode. Lyle then... comes back in Homecoming. Yeah. But leaves again. Yep. So Lyle's just out there living his best vampire life and good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad he's 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 doing his own thing. Look, I know he's a vampire. He's killing random people, random girls, but at least he's interesting. Yeah. Or maybe he learned his lesson. Maybe maybe, maybe he's, he did. Maybe he is going, maybe he is just going to be one of those guys that are going to the blood drops. Maybe he, maybe he is reformed. Yes, we we that's how we're going to we're going to go with that. Maybe he met up with Joe. Ah, Joe. Joe. Joe's doing the power that bees work out there. Yep. Tector asks if they want to try and take them now, but Lyle says no. He has a plan. They'll wait till she's alone. Right. And the plan is... So as this is the first we see of Buffy and Angel making out this episode, it seems like a good place to mention that Sarah and David used to try to gross each other out. I love that. During kissing scenes by eating onions, garlic, and all kinds of other stinky foods. Yeah, I I love their off-screen relationship. Yes. It, it, I, and I love that idea. And I love stories like that, especially in TV shows where actors are getting to know each other. They really do get a rapport and they become friends and they just, again, do things. Like I, I love when people try, you know, they try to make each other laugh during a scene or during a serious moment, things like that. 
Before we can find out Lyle's plan, we move to Buffy's bedroom, where she is getting ready for bed. She sits down and runs through her checklist for Egbert, the name of her egg, so cute. before climbing into bed. A little while later, we see that something strange is happening with Egbert. A small crack forms in it, then a hole as a long, thin tentacle starts to emerge. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. More join uh, as they slither towards Buffy, moving towards her eyes and ears. And no, 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 no I no, hate no, everything about this. Nope. Hate it. I hate it. Nope. Nope. I am not into tentacles. This is buggy levels of gross. Nope. Nope. Um, I will say in the script, as we're preparing for the creepy tendril shot, Marty actually uses the phrase, something wicked this way comes. Aww. And I love her for it. I do too. Yes. Good thing is we're going to go check in on the Gorches, who are tired of eating rats. Well, <laughs> Hector is at least. He wants to know why they can't stay somewhere nice, like a motel with an ice machine and just bless Hector. I love that the crappy motel Faith ends up staying in later is his idea of nice. Lyle reminds him that they need to keep a low profile till they're done with the Slayer. Okay, but why was Angelus hanging out with her? Doesn't he have any kind of code? So that's an interesting little line. One, it shows that Angel's soul being restored is not necessarily common knowledge. Mm -hmm. Some know about it, probably due to Darla telling them. Yeah. But others have no idea. Yeah, I like that. I like the fact that people know who Angelus is. I mean, he was the scourge of Europe. Yeah. Yeah. But that they don't know that he got his soul back. And two, there is apparently a vampire code. <laughs> or at least the Gorches feel there should be one. I, I feel like that is a them thing. And I'm guessing number one on the list is you don't make out with the Slayer. Well, you can make out with the Slayer, just kill her afterwards. Ah, oh, there you go. So you don't yeah. make nice with the you Slayer. You don't make nice. You don't make nice with the Slayer. I think that's the... Now they, like, cause, because them being cowboys... You know, everything is about you have a code when you're a cowboy. So that's, that's probably true. that is true. You know, and and even even if you're an outlaw, you have some. So they had some sort of code. So that's it's probably still something that's left over from them being alive. Lyle doesn't know. Is Tector really going to pester him with useless questions the whole time? He is bored, and there's no decent sex workers in Sunnydale. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, Tector. <laughs> Lyle promises his brother he'll take care of him just like he always has didn't he practically raise him after all okay along with the along with vampires whose backstory we need to know I want to know more about these two I want to know more about them because Lyle apparently raised Tector and that Tector was young enough to have been left on a doorstep when their mother split because he says I should have left you there so I also really want to know who their sire was Mm -hmm. and if the sire sired both of them or if like Lyle was sired and then sired his brother because you know the whole looking out for him thing yeah which is also interesting as this puts them in the same category as Spike Mm -hmm. because it's clear as much as they're both dumbasses (laughs) that they retained their familiar bond and their sense of familial responsibility post turning yeah Yeah, they and 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 again it goes back to you know we talk about Spike loving Drusilla. Yeah. Lyle obviously loves his brother. Yeah. So that, um, again, shows how things are twisted when you, when the demon takes over, but, but part of you still remains. It just becomes amplified. It becomes different. So. Which confirms that Liam was a piece of shit. Liam was a piece of shit. Hector thinks Lyle is scared of the Slayer and Lyle tells him to get up (laughs) and he's going to beat him like a redheaded stepchild and throw him into the sun. (laughs) Okay, then. That was a phrase that stayed in the 90s. They start to fight, clearly just enjoying punching one another. (laughs) And we go back to Buffy. However, before we do that, I had to. I had to look up the phrase redheaded stepchild and find out where it came from because I've heard it like I know, all my life. I know. I used to laugh too because I was literally a redheaded stepchild. And I've never bothered to find out like its origin. So I did a bit of digging on the internet and I discovered that it started around the 1830s and 1840s when Irish immigrants began coming to America. Okay. And as many know, the Irish were not very well liked back then. And we're pretty much the lowest of the low on social scales. Mm-hmm. Well, young people do 
what young people are going to do. <laughs> and many young men and women had sex out of wedlock, which led to redheaded children being born to young redheaded Irish mothers. Mm-hmm. Those women then would go on to marry someone presumably not Irish, <laughs> who would be less than kind to their child before the union. Yeah, it always seemed like it was going to be something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a very, like, what it says on the box kind of phrase. Yeah. It, but it, we <laughs> should probably, you know, leave it back in the 1830s. Yeah, yeah. No, like, sometimes it, it's always fun when you try to figure out what popular phrases mean. Mm-hmm. And some of them are so obscure with what they reference but yeah this is this is terrifyingly <laughs> straightforward Terri- yeah, terrifyingly straightforward so back to buffy it's morning now and the egg shows no signs of ever having opened buffy alarm goes off and she heads down to the kitchen where joyce is finishing up her coffee buffy takes in a seat at the counter also going for coffee and joyce says if she's gonna drink that to at least eat something too before asking buffy if she's sure her egg is secure in its little basket Did she ask for backseat mommy? (laughs) Joyce remarks that Buffy seems a little touchy. And she says she feels all funky. Joyce checks her head and says she doesn't feel warm. No, it's not like a sick funky. It's a didn't sleep well funky. Joyce asks what's wrong. Did her egg keep her up? Not finding her mother to be nearly (laughs) amusing as she does. Buffy takes her egg and leaves. In the Sunnydale Library, Giles is searching the stacks, only to come out from behind a bookcase and find Willow, Xander, and Buffy. What are the three of them doing there? Don't they have class? They tell him health was canceled, that the teacher is out due to, and Xander is just guessing here, not being able to find an egg sitter. <laughs> Giles asks if they want to help him then, and Buffy and Willow sink to the steps with a no, while Xander, clearly the most energetic of the three, runs up the steps to be of assistance. Giles asks Buffy how the hunt went, and she says it was a no-go. Uh, did she not go, or did she not find anything? <laughs> the second... Xander says Buffy's problem with the English language is that there are too many words. <laughs> Her angel big smoochies shut up. <laughs> Giles says Xander does have a point. The two of them do seem a little sluggish. Are they sure everything's okay? With a shared look and a shrug, Willow says it might be something they ain't. Or it could be the burden of parenthood. <laughs> Xander notices they've taken this egg assignment very seriously. Meanwhile, he's taken a more carefree attitude towards parenting, which he demonstrates by tossing his egg about. Something that makes Buffy and Willow very nervous. He says they need to stop stressing, that the kidlet can pick up on that. He then proceeds to drop his egg, which doesn't break. (laughs) Willow wants to know why it didn't break. Ah, well, that is his other secret to parenting success. A pot of boiling water in eight minutes. (laughs) He boiled his young... Okay, yes, it sounds cruel, but sometimes you have to be cruel to be kind, as what he did just gave Xander Jr. a thick skin. Not noticing an egg on the shelves, Giles puts a book back as he points out that what Xander did could be considered cheating. Yeah, yeah. No, not cheating, just a shortcut, like when you're running a race. Buffy points out that using a shortcut during a race is also cheating. cheating. Yep. And Willow says he should be ashamed. Giles does say there is a sort of Machiavellian ingenuity to Xander's methods, which he first takes offense at before realizing it might be more of a thank you kind of comment. Yeah, no, I think it was brilliant. Cordelia then enters and says she should have known the three of them hanging in the dungeon while something major goes on around Sunnydale High. And what would that be? Their health teacher is out, missing, presumed dead. Presumed (laughs) dead by who? By her! <laughs> Giles thinks maybe they should give it a little more than an afternoon. I don't know. I don't know. In uh, Sunnydale? No. Uh, a past experience would say that I, you know what? I don't always say this, but I agree with Cordelia on this one. Right? Like you live in Sunnydale. Mm-hmm. I would go investigate. I think it would be better to jump to conclusions that something happened. Cordelia isn't convinced. Maybe she and Xander should go look around. Nah, Xander's good. But his body could fall out of a closet. So maybe they should go check some closets? Oh, right. Yes. Good idea. He tells the girls to keep looking for other clues and they'll meet back. As they leave, Willow asks Buffy if they're getting weirder. Because they seem weird. Buffy agrees. They're weird. They're weird. She then asks Giles if she should feel guilty about not looking for their health teacher. 
He would prefer she save her strength for hunting the Gorches. Oh, she'll be fine by tonight. Besides, Willow says, Angel's helping, right? He does what he can. Mm-hmm. Before we move on to what exactly that is, spoiler alert, it involves attempting to eat Buffy's face. <laughs> Let's talk about the references in this scene. Cruel to be kind and Machiavelli. Cruel to be kind is not just a fabulous song sung by Letters to Cleo. As, as I'm sitting here bopping along with it in my head. Oh no, it has its origins in Shakespeare. Yep. Hamlet remarking that he must be cruel to be kind when it comes to his mother. Yep. Causing her pain by berating her for her infidelity when it comes to the memory of his father in order to spare her a larger pain and or hardship. Machiavelli, on the other hand, was an Italian diplomat, philosopher, and historian who lived during the Renaissance. He is perhaps best known as the author of The Prince, a 16th century political treatise formatted as an instruction guide for new royals. A major component of this treaty was that immoral ways of achieving certain ends, power, glory, could be justified if one was to actually achieve them. Hence Giles's comment on Xander's cheating. And the ends justify the means. And let me tell you, if if any guy, any guy tells me that he likes Machiavelli, that is a big red flag. Yeah. Well, I like, well, I do, well, I do like, the prince and it is an interesting treatise it's another one of those things where men who try to be too intellectual and talk down to women i was gonna say panda likes machiavelli but panda has an obsession with rome so yes no 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 see that's the thing like it's it's a certain kind of male intellectual Ah. or pseudo intellectual who will like it that they just use it to try to make themselves seem smarter than they really are when they're just assholes. That's fair. Yeah. But yes, the graveyard. And more Buffy and Angel making out. Buffy does say that they should maybe go kill some bad guys. But Angel says it's late. She should go home. But what about the Gorches? He'll look for them. Really? Yeah. Not like he has an early day tomorrow. True. Plus, she has to go home and fill out her egg diary. Her what? She told him about it. The whole parenting project. Which is silly. It's not like she's looking to have kids anytime soon. Maybe one day in the far, far future when she's done living her life, but definitely not now. Angel says he wouldn't know. He can't have kids. Oh, well, yeah, she figured that. Figured there were all sorts of things vampires couldn't do, mm-hmm. like work for the telephone company or volunteer for the Red Cross or <laughs> have little vampires. And that doesn't bother her. A year from now, five years from now, that's not going to be something she regrets. No. No, when she looks into the future, all she sees is him. Yeah, so this is not as bad as the dialogue from Reptile Boy, but... Yeah, um, no. And I do have a few things to say about this. One, I... One... Thousand percent believe Liam has an illegitimate child or no, two out there. He has to. Or had one, because hundreds of years ago. Yeah, no, there is. No, this is the hill I will die on. No, there is there is somebody out there who did their family tree and traced it back to Liam. I really want Angel to like run into his like great granddaughter now. I know. Okay. Anyway. I mean, like I said, like if he didn't become a vampire, he probably would have died of syphilis. Yeah. Two, this is like the opposite of what's my line. Mm -hmm. So we talked a bit about how in what's my line, there's a bit in between the lines of Buffy doesn't even know how much future she has. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this would have been a good place to bring that up too. I mean, Buffy saying she doesn't want kids is perfectly valid, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like she might want them someday. So a line alluding to her not knowing if she's ever going to get to that point, given the whole Slayer thing, would have been a nice addition, I feel. Right, right. And and I know we've, we've said a lot of the time that they're they're trying not to doom and gloom it. But I do think a reminder every once in a while about the Slayer's supposed lifespan isn't a bad thing. Yes. Especially as we go on and Buffy defies that more and mm-hmm. more. If we had built that up more in the beginning, and I mean, we do with what happens with Kendra and then again Mm -hmm. at the end of the season. But if we had built up Buffy's like, I don't know if I'm going to be here four years from now, I think it would have added to how impressive Buffy was at the end. Yeah, no, it definitely... Because because it's one of those things where you don't want to harp on it too much, but it's great in moments like this where she is thinking about her future. Yeah. To have something that is mentioned to remind that she wants these things, but she doesn't know that 
if she's going to be able to have these things. Yeah. Anyway, while all this is going on, strange things are afoot over at Sunnydale High. At the Circle K? The Circle K. Mm-hmm. A security guard makes his rounds before noticing that the basement door is ajar. Going over to investigate, <sighs> he heads down into the basement and why, sir? Why? No. No. I wouldn't have. I would have just closed the door. Just close the door. Just yep. walk away. No, I don't want to go down here going. during the day. He didn't. He didn't get the Sunnydale High welcome packet. He did not. No. That says, don't go downstairs into the boiler room at night. He looks around to see if there's anything suspicious. And there is a Mm -hmm. giant hole in the wall. Of course. Setting his flashlight down, he moves some boxes and goes over to the hole, only for the health science teacher to appear and push him in. (laughs) This leads to a marvelous transition where the health teacher climbing into the hole after him leads right into Buffy climbing through her bedroom window. That's a good, yep. Good transition. Just as the egg beside her bed begins to move, shaking as the creature inside tries to break free, which it does, launching itself at Buffy. She sidesteps it and it scurries about under the bed. Oh, no, 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 no. Watching this scene, I totally made sure all my limbs and my blanket and everything were securely on the couch. I am currently sitting in my chair, like folding my feet, kind of. I can't stand scurrying things. Grabbing the iron from the basket of clothes in her room, she begins hunting it. She looks under the bed, but there's nothing. She stands, waits, listens for the sound of scurrying. Nothing. Then it drops Ah! out on top of her. No, 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 no. no. Nope. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Grabbing the thing, she tosses it across the room and trades the iron for scissors. Clearly, she needs something that is going to impale the sucker. This stuff freaks me out more than straight up horror creature feet creature features like that kind of no she watches it scurry behind a dresser goes to approach said dresser but then senses it on the wall beside her causing her to slam the scissors Mm. into it stabbing it and leaving a splotch of blue blood on the wall good take that creepy crowd thing you know what this this reminded me of when Mr. Froggy and I were on our honeymoon. We were in the Dominican Republic. I feel this is not going to be a happy story. It it's 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 going to be gross. Um, the only time we experienced mosquitoes was in our room because it was too hot and humid outside. There was a mosquito on the wall. Mr. Froggy smashed it and it exploded with blood. So it must have fed on one of us before like we just and we just stood there staring at it because i've never seen this happen before no 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 getting it on the ground she stabs it a few more times for good measure and then grabs the phone dialing willow and hoping she picks up which yay she does buffy asks if she's okay and she says yeah why wouldn't she be buffy tells her she needs to break her egg smash it with something heavy do it now willow wants to know what all this is about and she says her egg went postal (laughs) that it hatched and some creepy crawly came out and attacked her her egg she needs to willow says that her egg is perfectly normal she put it in the fridge Maybe Buffy's egg was a setup, a trap set by the Gorches. Yeah, maybe. She's sorry she woke Willow. She tells her to go back to sleep and she'll see her in the morning. But as Willow hangs up, we see that she was lying. Mm-hmm. Her egg did hatch and Willow, Willow's just kind of staring into space. <laughs> back in Buffy's room, we see that it is 2.45. Not good. As yep. Joyce comes in wanting to know if she heard Buffy talking to someone and why is she dressed? <laughs> Where does she think she's going at three in the morning? Was she on the phone? Buffy says, yeah, she was talking to Willow. She wasn't feeling good today and she wanted to call and check on her. Yeah, no. Joyce says she's going to have to do better than that. <laughs> she had a bad dream. She's about to have a bad dream. A bad dream in which she is grounded for the rest of her natural born life. I love this. I love that we get the transition from bedroom to car as Joyce just keeps going. Yeah, I love that. This grounding means that there is no after school socializing, no bronze, no nothing. Not until she says. I like that she actually says no bronze. Right? Good, Joyce. School ends at 3.30, and so Joyce wants Buffy to go directly to the library and study until she picks her up at 5.30. Does she understand? With an affirmative, Buffy gets out of the car. A little put out that she got in trouble due to not being able to tell her mother the real reason Mm -hmm. she was up so late. Heading into school, Buffy approaches Cordelia, complimenting her bare backpack. This leads Cordelia into a mini rant about how her father brought it back to her long before anybody else started wearing them. Then once they were everywhere, she stopped because, well, she's not one to wear what everybody else is wearing. But finally, she decided, no, she started this nationwide craze. 
She should own it. <laughs> yeah, that's great and all. Buffy just wanted to know about her egg. <laughs> her egg? Yeah, her egg. It's in her bear. Why? So it hasn't been acting weird? No, it hasn't been doing anything. It's an egg. It's an egg. She gives Buffy a look before heading off to speak to someone else with a line that is just so horribly problematic, we're not even going to repeat it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. I watched that and I was like, oh my God. I couldn't believe that was in there. Yeah. I just, no. whoo. That was that was not a great moment. No, no. I mean, and, the, you know, we can talk about a lot of moments, but we are not gonna. We're not even gonna touch that one. Yep. Nope. You can you can go there yourself. Buffy watches her go and is soon joined by Willow as Xander crosses the lawn. Willow greets Buffy with a hey as Xander munches on a less than stellar breakfast bar. <laughs> so bad, in fact, that he sadly must now eat his young. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, it's just. <laughs> How can anyone hate Sander? Right? Sander is delightful. I like, he, he hard boiled his egg and now he's so hungry, he's going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's saying he's going to eat his yacht. Like, it's just. He like, he's like, sorry, Junior. Sorry. He rolls the egg along the stone wall to make the shell peel a ball. Willow asks Buffy if there's any more hatchling activity, Cordelia having now joined them again. And she says no. She thinks Willow may have been right. This was all something set up by the Gorches. Did she bring the thing that attacked her? Yeah, Giles wants to see it. He's in full research mode. Okay, so bring it to the science lab and they'll see what they can do. You got it. A day without autopsies? Well, that's like a day without sunshine. I mm. love that line. I do too. Yeah. As they near Xander, he goes to take a bite of his hard-boiled oh. egg, noticing just in time oh. Oh, the dead yeah. creature inside of it. Oh, yeah. That was a very stressful moment. With a scream, he drops the egg. We also see as the girls walk that Willow has said hatchling attached to her back. <laughs> that can't be good. Yeah, no. No, that's not good at all. In the science lab, the creature lies on a dissection tray. Xander makes a bleh sound, <laughs> which Buffy raises to a yeah. Same, guys. Same. Same. Cordelia asks what it is, and Xander tells her, they don't know. That's why they're doing this. <laughs> Willow arrives sans Giles, and Buffy asks where he is. Oh, he was finishing up something. He'll be along in a bit. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound suspicious at all. Nope. Nope. Handy Buffy the scalpel, Zen- Xander tells Buffy to go to. What? Why her? Because she's the slayer. And she slayed. Her work here is done. <laughs> she's got a point. Yeah, well, he almost ate one. Ugh. So his gross out quota has been reached for the day. <sighs> Basically calling them children, Willow makes as if she'll dissect it. Buffy says at least now they know what happened to the health teacher. He saw it and ran away. Try best case scenario. While they're talking, the bear on Cadelia's back starts moving. Little tentacles coming oh. from the eyes. And oh, I, no. I really do hate this episode. Oh, God. No. This no, is awful. There's, Everything there's, is awful. There is so much squirming and nothing is okay. Also, for, for you listeners, our recording session is called The Land of Nope. Yep. It's The Land of Nope. Yep. Anyway, Willow says it's possible their teacher wasn't harmed, that the offspring just used him to return to the Mother Bazaar. Yeah. Xander starts to agree before making a what? What? Kind of face. What's a bazaar? Instead of answering, Willow whacks him on the back of his head, Cordelia doing the same to Buffy. They're then dragged away and left in a closet as Willow and Cordelia, along with the other controlled students and faculty, head to the equipment shed for tools. Then it's off to the basement for some more digging. Mm -hmm. Later that evening, Joyce arrives at the library looking for Buffy. The helpful sign at the door tells us there is a website coming. (laughs) I'm going to guess that's Jenny's influence. Yes, of course. I mean, and they they digitized all those books, so gotta do something with them. Looking around, Joyce not only finds no Buffy, but no anyone else. (laughs) That is, not until Giles pops up from behind the book cage. Joyce asks if Buffy is around and says she was supposed to wait here for her. No, he hasn't seen her. And he was actually waiting for her, too, to discuss uh, history texts. Joyce says that is so like Buffy before asking Giles if he has any children. No, he doesn't. But working there, he does sometimes feel like he does. Yes, Giles, you do have a bunch of small children. You do. You've inherited many small children. Yes, you can't tell Joyce that Buffy is one of your children. But she is. She is. Well, Joyce doesn't want to say that having kids can feel like a burden, but, well, no, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. She then notices the strange books Giles has lying around, and he gathers them up, saying it's a personal hobby and nothing to do with Buffy. Did she hear that? What? 
She looks around for the source of the noise, saying that it was probably the janitor. Once her back is turned, Giles takes one of the hatchlings from a desk drawer and places it on Joyce. And Joyce's no! scream is no! the most comically wonderful thing ever. I know. I know. It's it's so good. She gets she gets a lot of points for that scream. Now controlled by the hatchlings, Giles and Joyce go to join the others in the basement. In the closet, Buffy and Xander come too. Xander remarking that the last time Cordelia dragged him in here, it was a lot more pleasant. What? Nothing. Crazy talk. Head trauma. <laughs> uh-huh. So what's going on with Willow and Cordelia? Are they possessed? Buffy's not sure, but she's sure it has something to do with the hatchlings. Clearly, they wanted them out of the way. Yeah, but then why not just kill them? The answer comes in the form of two eggs on the ground of the closet. Clearly, the others were hoping those would hatch before Buffy and Xander awoke, allowing them to be controlled as well. Buffy smashes the eggs with a toolbox, and they break out of the closet, headed for the library. Only it's empty. Giles gone. Great. So now what? They can't fight this thing till they know what it is. Willow said something. Called it a... a bezo? No! No, a bazaar. That's it. A bazaar. There is so much going on underneath this school. There is a lot going on underneath this school. Yeah, I mean, you got the Hellmouth, you got the bazaar hanging out. Who the... What else goes... There's so much. So no, all they have to do is look it up in a book. Thankfully for them, Giles was on top of it, pre-hatchling. <laughs> and so the book they need is laying right there on the counter, open to the exact page and everything. How convenient. How convenient. Buffy says she thinks Giles might have found something. And stepping on a broken eggshell, Xander says he thinks something might have gotten Giles. Mm-hmm. And he's not wrong. Nope. As Giles and Joyce have joined the others in the basement, working to free the mother bazaar and the rest of her eggs. Back in the library, Buffy tells us a little bit more about this week's creature feature mm-hmm. and how apparently it's a prehistoric parasite. The mother hibernates under the ground while the offspring attach themselves to hosts, controlling them. So all their friends are currently working off orders from the mother bazaar. Then what does mommy want? Before they can find the answer to that question, they hear Jonathan screaming from the hallway. Aw, Jonathan. A hatchling, <laughs> a hatchling currently working to attach <laughs> itself to him. Aww. Of course, by the time they arrive, the neuro clamping has been done and Jonathan says he's fine. He just slipped. (laughs) Buffy thinks she hears mother calling and the two follow, follow him right on down to the basement. Noticing the hole, Xander asks if they really want to go in there. And (laughs) Buffy says, no, they really don't. But yet they they have to. They have to. As duty calls. I love how Xander tells Buffy to be careful right before he trips over the opening. Oh my God. That, that's such a good moment. And you know what? That happens all the time where you tell somebody to be careful and then you fall and bust your ass. Reaching the bottom, they observe the operation and Buffy says they can't let them spread those eggs. Xander says he can keep an eye on things while Buffy takes care of Mama. Yeah, well, she's going to need a weapon, a big weapon. She heads back towards the basement as Xander follows the people carrying eggs to see where they're being put. Back in the basement, Buffy grabs a metal tube right as the gorches appear. Oh, no. Niall tells her he said it wasn't over. As Tector says, Tector says she's so cute and Aww. little. Can they keep her? Aww. <laughs> I really do like the Gorches. I do too. I do too. Because they're not, they're they are so dumb. And they're, and they're not. Just, they're just trying to live their best vampire life. Yeah, like they're not yeah. trying to take over the world. They're not trying to destroy anything. No. They just want to live their best vampire life. They're just, they're just enjoying their time in immortality. They have no grand plans. Nope. Yeah. They're, no, they're, they're fun. Bubby just tells them that this is Really not a great time. It is for them. Uh, no, it's not. So she goes to hit them with the tube. They fight, and after Buffy hits Tector, Lyle tackles her into the opening, and the two of them rolling down and hitting the floor. Lyle is confused by this whole operation. <laughs> and Buffy now sees Joyce is among those being controlled. Momentarily looking up from her digging, Willow orders the others to kill them. Which oddly places Buffy and Lyle on the same side for I at know. least half a yeah. second. Yeah, now they have to be allies. Fighting to keep the controlled individuals at bay. Though Buffy doesn't look like she's overly concerned about hurting <laughs> some of her classmates. Like she definitely kicks one of them in the face. <laughs> Lyle asks what's going on and she says long story. A break in that fight allows them to get back to fighting one another and I just, I love this. I love the going back and forth, the like fighting each other mm-hmm. then fighting together, 
Like the gorges are so much fun. And I, I wish they had stuck around longer. Yeah. I know Lyle will return next season, but I just, I really wish we had seen more of them. Yeah. I really, I really would like more of their brotherly relationship. Yeah. Xander, meanwhile, has followed Cordelia and one of the others through a side tunnel. As they near the end, he grabs the other guy and tosses him to the side. Cordelia then puts down the carton of eggs and goes to attack Xander. He says he doesn't want to hurt her most of the time. <laughs> Still, she goes to attack again. Again, and so he has no choice but to hit her. Poor Xander. I know. Buffy and Lyle are still going at it when Tector decides to join the party. Seeing the bazaar under the floor, he's intrigued and heads over, staring down at it as it opens its eye. Seeing him, it reaches out a tentacle and drags him under, I guess eating him? Uh that from what I saw, what I read, they said that he was eaten, so Yeah. Yeah. Lyle blames Buffy for this and goes to toss her in as well. She lands on the floor where not only does the bazaar wrap tentacles around her leg, but her mother tries to kill her with a pickaxe. Grabbing one of the other weapons, she lets herself be pulled down, the sound of a struggle heard. Eventually, the hatchlings begin dropping off people's bodies, and they themselves fall down unconscious. Guess we know who won that fight. Mm-hmm. Confused, Lyle approaches the now corpse of the bazaar right as Buffy crawls out of the ground, covered in blue, sticky blood. Realizing that now is not a good time, and to face her now would mean his death, he simply nods. Now? Now it's over. Running off, he leaves. Outside, Giles tells everyone what happened was a gas leak. <laughs> and they all need to get a bit of air and everything will be fine. <laughs> it was a gas leak. <laughs> he asks Xander what really happened and Xander tells him to stick with the gas leak. He'll fill him in on the rest tomorrow. <laughs> As Giles goes to deal with, I'm guessing the authorities, because you can hear sirens in the distance. Xander checks on Cordy and Willow. Willow wants to know, did she really hit him? Yeah, she knocked him out. Did Cordy hit him? Yes, everyone hit him. Everyone hit him. Good. Not because Cordy wanted to hit him, but she didn't want to be left out. Showered and changed, Buffy joins them, asking how her mother is. Xander says she's confused, but there's a lot going on, thought of that going around right now. Mm-hmm. She goes to find her, and Joyce says she was afraid Buffy had gotten stuck in the building. There was a gas leak. Yeah, she heard. She was in the gym. The gym? Joyce told her to wait in the library. She was on her way there, but no buts. Still, the other side of it, it Joyce isn't really interested nope. in the other side. Buffy needs to learn some responsibility. So she's grounded. She was already grounded. <laughs> Until further notice, she is confined to her room, not leaving except for school in the bathroom. Does she understand? Room. Got it. Which puts our final scene in... Buffy's room. Buffy's room, because she's where she's supposed to be. Her hanging out the window to make with the smoochies with Angel. Angel asks if she's sure she's not going to get into trouble. And she says, nah, she earned it. Plus, as she's still in her room, she's not breaking any rules. It's a cute little scene. It is. Before everything goes to hell. I know, because yeah, after that adorable ass scene, next week, everything goes to shit. The end. Yay. So my final thoughts, like I said at the beginning, uh, unlike a lot of episodes that do feel very horror-y and are clear plays on things from the horror genre, this one felt much more science fiction-y. Yes. I'd almost compare it to movies such as Alien, like you said at the beginning, or mm -hmm. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yes. The students of Sunnydale High being turned into pod people mm -hmm. as the hatchlings took over their bodies. Mix that with the whole egg and mother motif, which is very similar to Alien. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's interesting because overall this is this is one of the few episodes we get that have that genre switch yes yeah it's a very because because it's a sci-fi horror is a different type of horror like it's a different feel to it yeah so also yeah. i have to tell you the horrible thing panda said when we were discussing this episode uh-oh and particularly the scene where xander admits to having hard-boiled his egg yes so I'm telling Panda this and how it's considered cheating. And she's like, no, it's not. He just vaccinated it against things like falls. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, vaccinated it? He boiled it alive. <laughs> and she's like, well, yes, but the creepy crawly wasn't what was supposed to be in there now, was it? So his vaccine of boiling water destroyed the foreign entity or virus, a.k.a. the creepy crawly, so it works. And yeah, that was just, I could not stop laughing because that oh was amazing. God. Horrible, but amazing. Tell Panda I love her. I will. I will. And she's like, well, it killed the foreign entity, so it worked. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my god, I love my girlfriend so much. Oh my god, she's she's I mean she she brings such like between and and 
Mr. Froggy sometimes too, like because they're not in on this and they have a different view of how of things, they do come up with the funniest shit. <laughs> well, that's it for this week. Thank you all for listening and make sure to join us next time when we take on season two, episode 13. Surprise! Oh, it's only going to get worse from here, folks. Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye! Bye!